Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, it is the last day of the year. This is it, man. I'm ready to say goodbye to 2023. Yep. No mas. No mas. I mean, yeah. I'm sad about that, but I'm also really excited for the future. Yeah. I'm. Uh, me too, man. Just thinking about 2024, the, the church, everything. I, I just think uh, I'm, ex- I'm excited. I'm encouraged. What are you encouraged. most excited about? I think a, a full year of ministry under our belt is going to feel really good. Yeah. And uh, kind of getting to that place where, I mean, we're still young we're still new we're still the new mm-hmm. kids on the block but feeling like we we're, we're spunky yeah like we're doing it it's it's here we're, it's and it, it it feels that way a little bit already like we're we're showing up on sundays and setting up tearing down and things are going well and lot, doing ministry yeah. and and with that comes growing pains too right i mean there's the people uh, as they they begin to trust our pastoral leadership more seek counseling from us which we're, we're thankful for we're grateful for I by turned the, mine away You've turned them away. You're yeah, like, no I'm more. not ready yet. No Still more. too young. Yeah, you don't know me. <laughs> you don't know me yet. Yeah, no. But on that note, uh, you know, if you're one of our people out here in uh, in North Texas and you attend our church and you're part of our church family, if you guys need counseling, that's something that we do. And I don't know that everybody assumes that or understands that. But you don't have to go to a place where they've hung a shingle outside that says <laughs> Christian counseling. You can come to your pastors for free. For free. Yeah, we're here for you. And, we're a resource. Uh, yeah, we, we want to be able to take God's word and, and, and encourage you. And guys, seriously, we're so good at this. Yeah. Like we are the best. Yeah. So you probably yeah. should you probably should seek our, our advice and counsel about anything, really. <laughs> Stocks, bonds, uh, foreign policy. I mean, anything at all. Anything. You have counseling cr- questions, we have answers. We do. You've got, qu- yeah, staples. That was easy, right? That's right. Yeah. Dude, you, you sound a little uh, under the weather. Yeah. So as God would have it, I got sick during one of the best times of the year to get sick. And I am almost out of it. I, I, I feel better today than I have the last week. In fact, Christmas was kind of a, a downer because I was I was heading down there. I thought on Sunday, so Christmas Eve was Sunday. That's when we had our services. I thought I was like, man, I, I feel good. I, I was struggling, but I felt good at the end of that day. And then Christmas hit and God's like, here's your gift. <laughs> I'm like, thanks, God. And then I just, I, I thought I was getting better. And then I just got progressively worse. And I think Wednesday or Thursday was the worst. And, and now I think I'm coming out of it. So... I feel good enough to be here, good enough to be at church tomorrow, but uh, definitely got hit this week. Yeah. How was your week? Uh, it was good. It was good overall. Yeah. We're in California, surfing and yeah, sunbathing. No. No? None no, of those no, None things. of the above. No, I was in California and uh, that was good. Spent some time with Amanda's family out there and uh, that was a good time for uh, for our family to get away. So That's glad cool. to be back though. Yeah. Glad to be back. Yeah. What, you, what was your best uh, best memory in California? Um, Man, best memory in California. Like, so this week. This week, yeah, just time time with family. My father in law got a uh, bounce house, and so our kids were oh, out in the bounce house. And he got I may like have, he bought one. No, he rented one. Oh, okay, that's yeah. still pretty cool, though. Yeah, what a cool yeah. idea. So I may have partook of the bounce house a little bit. And, wow. Yeah, and you didn't injure yourself. I didn't. Congratulations, yeah. man. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty know, big right? at your age. I know. Well, you know, I don't mean to brag, but I may have definitely been sore the next day. But uh, you know, it was yeah. it was uh, it was fun. No, just good time with with family and spending time with that uh, with my kiddos and everything was was awesome. I'm so, glad to have you back, though. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. And uh, and it is Sunday, by the way. We haven't mentioned that, but it is Sunday. <laughs> it is Sunday. And so we hope you're at church. We want you to be at church. Yeah, and, and not only that, what a be- what a great way to end the year and start the new year. Right. Starting off on the right foot. Right. And the right place. Yep, yep, 
Absolutely. Well, as we talk about ending the year, we're here to end our daily Bible reading for 2023. Wow. I yep. can't believe 261 episodes. 216. Okay. I got the one and the six mixed up. But I still, think so. Yeah. Still pretty amazing. Pretty if amazing. You, if you've done it with us this long, we, we congratulate you. Yep. Yep. And guess what? You're going to be like, well, what do I do tomorrow? Hey, we're back <laughs> We tomorrow. got you. We got and you. And we're starting over. We got you back though. But with a brand new plan. Ooh. You didn't brand see that coming. Plan. You didn't see it coming. You should have. Tell us about it. it. I only mean, talked about it once, I think. Yeah. Maybe twice. No, hey, we are doing the daily Bible reading chronological plan. Oh, you didn't see that coming. Chronological. Yeah. You wanted it. Yep. We so gave it to you. Y- you did. We've answered the cries of the people. They demanded it. The people. Thousands of text messages and, and emails later. Said, hey, we, we need it. We want it. We have to have it. And man, our cards are... If, here, do you hear this? That's, that, is, that is a good card. That's a good card. That's a good Bible it card. It should hold up for the year. We hope it does. It needs to. It better. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what's so so cool about this, chronological means in chronology, in order. Oh. And so... <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, so we're starting off with uh, the book of Genesis, and we are Genesis 1 through 3 tomorrow, and then 4 through 7, 8 through 11. But then we're going to be in Job because, and we'll talk about that when we get there. But it's it's really cool because it really does its best. Now, is this is this inerrant? No, you can't argue that. There are some questions. There's going to be decisions that are made by the, the compilers of this plan that say, we think this happened here, this happened there. But by and large, this is going to give you an overarching view of the chronology of the Bible from beginning to end, which is going to be helpful, we trust, to you as you read the Bible with us this year in 2024. Man, I am just pumped about this plan. This is one of the things I am most excited about this year. Yeah. Because it's it just it's so much fun. I'm looking at it, man, and I, I'm just... I am pumped about doing. I mean, the, the the Psalms are scattered throughout the life of David. Yeah, I mean that's pretty cool. We haven't yeah. done that before. And, and man, Psalm one nineteen gets its own day on May thirtieth. Yep, the whole thing. So buckle up for that <laughs> yeah, day. That's a lot of verses. No, but that's super cool too because we're not going to get whiplash, right? Because sometimes it's like, okay, we're dealing with this Old Testament stuff, and then you whiplash, and you're you're all of a sudden in a New Testament epistle, and it it, it it's it's great, and it's been good, but this is going to give you concentrated time in a specific area, uh, which is going to be, I think, helpful for everybody in the long run. Which, can I ask a question then? Maybe this is best to ask tomorrow, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Okay. Because our chronological plan is going chronologically, we don't get to the New Testament until quarter four of 2024. What do I do about my New Testament diet? Hey, listen, nobody said the DBR plan is the only Bible reading that you can intake during uh, the time. So uh, one thing to bear in mind, we are studying the gospel of John and we're going to be in the gospel of John for the foreseeable future. So that's one thing that you can do to, to focus on your new Testament intake is, uh, is read the, the passages, passages that are, are being preached and, and revisit those. And then the other thing too, is just sprinkling new Testament on your own. You know, if you want to grab this plan, frees you up to grab a book like Colossians and spend a month in Colossians as you're also doing your, your daily Bible reading plan or, or to, uh, to focus on things on, on that front. So uh, feel free to do more than this. This is certainly not a limit. This is not saying you can only do this. This is just, we're asking you to do this at minimum with us as we work our way through the year. That's exciting, man. Maybe we could talk more about this tomorrow as we launch totally. our, our new podcast. Yep. With maybe new stuff coming. Uh-oh. Be on the lookout. Oh, yeah. If you open up your podcast app and you're looking at it and going, hey, something changed. Something changed. Hey, maybe something changed. Hey, Malachi, the Old Testament Italian prophet. Oh, see. Yeah. Malachi. Uh, hey, we are uh, finishing up the Old Testament, and uh, fittingly, this book takes place uh, after the exile. So it's called post-exilic, and that's what that references is is post meaning after, and exilic meaning the exile. And so uh, things have have uh, have 
sort of gotten better in a sense in the in in that the the uh, the Israelites are are back from exile, but but as the book unfolds and as the book makes clear, things are are not going great. Uh, the temple is is there. The temple is in completion. Uh, this is after the completion of the temple, which took place in about five sixteen BC. Uh, so this is sometime thereafter. And Malachi is writing under God's direction to confront specifically the priests throughout this book, those that were uh, in charge of the temple sacrifices and offerings for an abdication of their duty, a failure, and the hypocrisy that was just uh, rampant throughout the the nation at the time. And he confronts them from everything from your 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 tithes, your offerings that you're bringing. You wouldn't even bring those to the political ruler of your your day. So why are you bringing them to the temple? Um, all the way down through. Uh, just their their response to um, God's word and how they're responding to God's word. And so it's a, a, a book that doesn't have a lot of hope. There is some hope scattered through and sprinkled through there, but by and large, this is a book that's just calling Israel out, uh, the, the, the southern kingdom particularly, for their failures as a nation, a lot of it in the area of worship. So one of our distinctives as a church is we maintain a high view of God. We seek to maintain a high view of God. And I think Malachi is one of those books that reinforces that concept for Israel. That's what God wanted for them. That's what God wants for us today. And Malachi is such a great book. I'm glad we read it all in one day, although that feels like a lot. It's four chapters, but chapter four is kind of like a little doot. really doesn't count. But the, the whole concept of the book is really let your worship be genuine, let it honor God, fear God, treat God like he, like he deserves, and don't shortchange him. And I think that's equally relevant to the people of Malachi's day as it is to ours, perhaps even more so. Our people don't worship in a temple, but our people can be equally, our Christians can be equally guilty of committing the sin of treating God in a low way, uh, of giving him apathet- apathetic worship or, or not giving him what he's due in, in our lives. And you preached about that last week in our... Or I think our Easter services, <laughs> sorry, Christmas. Christmas. I, I said I'm getting better. I, I think was, I'm there. I'm clearly not a medicine head. <laughs> so anyway, Malachi is so rich in application. It's it's so good. It's one of those books that you could read and not feel like, oh man, this is only applied to Old Testament Israel. Yeah, yeah. Some difficult things there, challenging things for us in into what that like Pastor Rod was just saying, what that means for our lives here. Um, one of the things he says, he he questions Israel. He says, are you are you going to really rob God? Um, and they they respond and they say, how are we robbing God? And he calls them out on their, their tithes and offerings and says, you're, you're not giving him what he's due. You, it, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to, to give what you're giving. You, you're, you're bringing the, the lame, you're bringing the, the sick from your flock. You're bringing the, the, the things that you can afford to lose. You're not sacrificing, uh, in your worship of God in, in this particular area. So he calls them out on, uh, in that area. And, in um, in that, that's, the, the prophet's getting in their kitchen and God's getting in our kitchen a little bit on, on things like that. And so it's a, it's a helpful book. It's an, it's a, a, a convicting book. Um, and it's a book that should remind us of, uh, of the hope that we have in the ultimate deliverance from the, the way the book ends, which is the great day of the Lord that's going to come. And, uh, you'll see there in verse five, behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. That's one of the reasons why, if you were tracking with us at the very beginning of our study of the gospel of John together as a church, that's why one of the questions that was asked of John the Baptist early on is, are you Elijah? Because of this prophecy in Malachi, where they anticipated that Elijah would precede the coming of the Messiah. And so in a sense, John was the fulfillment of this, but in another sense, there's, there's a yet future fulfillment that will take place before the actual fulfillment of the, the day of the Lord. One of the passages that stood out to me was uh, Malachi's, I don't know, his, his charge against them in terms of their marriages and what God intended to 
do in their marriages. In chapter 2, verse 15, he says, did he not make them one with a portion of of the spirit in their union, talking about marriage and, and what that was intended to do. God seals that marriage with his spirit, which is why marriage is equally binding for Christian and non. It's something that God personally esteems. And so he says, and, and what was the one God seeking? He was seeking godly offspring. And that reminds us that even today, as, as many of us who listen to this, our parents, our job here is to help raise godly offspring. In some ways, we don't have any input on that. God has to do the work of the internal renewal of their spirit. But on the other hand, we have a responsibility to to put ourselves in the way of faithfulness, to model that fidelity and to expect it, in some cases, uh, to to help them walk the path, as it were, even if they're not personally alive themselves, um, to know what, it, what is expected of a family that follows Christ. Yeah, and even the way he describes divorce there as the one who covers his garment in violence, that seems like a, a, an odd phrase, but it's you can picture that that's not a good thing I, I imagine to cover your clothing in violence it's it's uh it's indicative of of god's view of of divorce that god hates divorce and it's because of these things and because of these purposes and his design for marriage that 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 is true and that is something that certainly in our culture and society uh it has become so easy and and casual to pursue the end of a marriage and it's important for us as christians to remind ourselves that uh, that god values marriage and god God values the, the commitment made between husband and wife. And, and when you think back, if you're married and you, and you think back to that wedding day, you may picture yourselves as having vowed those vows before all of the, the guests in attendance. And, and in part, yes, but more importantly, you vowed those vows before the Lord. Um, and that was the most significant thing. And so the, that's an, another good reminder there of, of God's uh, high view of marriage as we, as we started here, have a high view of him. Uh, that's something that should matter to us greatly. Final verses in, in chapter 4 here. I really uh, appreciate here in verse 5, he says, Behold, I'll send to you the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord. That's great. We, we typically know that. And then verse 6, And he will turn the hearts of, of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest they come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. That's a funny ending. But I, I think what Malachi is getting at is that repentance will have... Uh, will have the effect of bringing about the restoration of family relationships. That if the people would turn from their sin, if they were to obey the prophet Elijah, that God would do something incredible among them and with one another. Uh, you'll, you'll, you should notice here that sin has an effect between us and God, obviously, but it also bleeds necessarily into our human relationships. And certainly those who are most impacted are those who we live closest to and closest with, which is our family. So repentance will restore family relations. Yeah. Well, hey, Revelation 22, let's finish up with our New Testament as well. Here it is. Revelation 22 opens with the picture of a, a river of life, the river of the water of life, flowing out of me, makes the lame to walk in the blind to see. Uh, and it's it's coming from the throne of God there in the Lamb. And, and so sometimes you'll hear people talk about the Bible is a story that takes place between two gardens. Uh, you've got the Garden of Eden at the very outset, and then you've got this garden here in Revelation 22 as the bookends of the story of Scripture. And uh, and the Tree of Life is in both places. And the Tree of Life was removed from, or the mankind rather was barred from the Tree of Life, lest they take and eat from that and, and live forever in a state of fallenness and brokenness. That was an act of God's grace and mercy. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Uh, but uh, the, the Revelation 22, you've got the tree of life is back and it's no longer barred. It's no longer guarded. In fact, it's there to give its fruit to those that are there in uh, in the New Jerusalem alongside of the, the lamb and in God. And so this is a, just a, a, a picture of restoration. It's, it's that 
when you think of against the the narrative and, and we've talked about it recently but creation fall redemption consummation it's it's the full circle moment here where you've gone from creation you had the garden of eden to now an even better garden a more perfect garden there in revelation 22 in the culmination of all things when uh when we are finally free from not only this the the, the power of sin and the the penalty of sin but also finally its presence as we are there forever with the lord why is there no more night? Now, we saw this in chapter 21, but what what gives? The night will be no more. There will be no need. Uh, there, will, there will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. I get that. Yeah. He's the light. His radiance, his glory is actually what keeps the, the planet spinning. Why not the night? I, I think— I like the night. Yeah, because we sleep during the night, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. And in, in that, on that front, our, our bodies will be given a rest that we can't comprehend here this side of eternity. So are we not sleeping in the new Jerusalem? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if we will or if we won't. I, I don't know. I don't know that we, we won't sleep because I think there's something, there's an act of worship in sleep. Sleep is an act of dependence upon God, recognizing that we need him to sustain us uh, during that time that, that really we're, we're not conscious of our, our own bodily needs and functions, and yet God sustains our bodies throughout the night. I mean... There's an act of worship there in the in taking a nap and going to sleep, and so it's it's possible that that'll still be part of it there. I think the the bigger picture here is that the light and darkness motif that's so present throughout Scripture is evident here of of there is no more darkness, and that's indicative of of the kingdom of of sin and and the reign of of the enemy is is always been marked by darkness. We've talked about that in John mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. with Christ as the light of men. Uh, in him there is no darkness and so if god is there there cannot be darkness in the presence of the in the presence of god because god is light and i think that that's more than just metaphorical i think that that's a, a literal light too i mean even at the very beginning when god said let there be light as we'll talk about tomorrow that light doesn't emanate from the sun because the sun's not there yet where does that light come from but from the presence of god the glory of god mm in the presence of creation. And so here in the end, I think that light that was there at the very beginning is here at the end as well as God is uh, is, is bringing all things to fruition and completion. Is it wrong to miss it though? Because I, I already, I pre-miss it. <laughs> you pre-miss it? I pre-miss the, the darkness. Right, but I don't think we will when we're there if that's true. And it's the same thing with the sea. I know we, we've talked yes. about that. Right? I want the sea back. <laughs> but when we're there, if the sea's not there, we're going to be okay with it. When we're there, if there is no darkness to to close our eyes and, and get into a deep sleep, we're going to be okay with it. Yeah, you know what? I guess as I, as I think about this, sleeping suggests that my body needs to be revitalized, re-energized. Uh, but if we're being perfectly nourished and perfectly sustained, then one would reason, stand to argue, your body wouldn't need to be refreshed because God would be sustaining it mm. every moment of every day. And perhaps, therefore, no need for sleep is necessary. It'd be a total reconstitution a reimagining of our body entirely. Mm-hmm. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I yeah, still was, want the sleep though. Yeah. I mean, we're going to be like Christ in, and now thinking about that, I don't think we have any accounts of the resurrected Jesus asleep. No, we see him asleep earlier in his life, multiple times, even yeah. tired earlier in his life. But uh, I don't know that we see anything that would indicate one way or the other post-resurrection. I guess what I like about sleep is that you wake up refreshed and energized. Yeah. And if you could keep that all day, every day, that seems like that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. But can I still have nighttime? What about like fireflies? <laughs> what about like lightning? I want to see lightning in the dark. Yeah. What about galaxies? You're going to have to take that up with God when oh, we get there. Man, I'm just so bothered by this. <laughs> I really want it. Well, hey, if you were with us at church this Sunday or if you uh, are on your way, 
than uh, you did hear us talk about or hear me talk about during the sermon, the uh, the future return of Christ and why that we should spend this next year as Christians resolving to live ready for his return because he could return at any time. And, and you look at uh, Revelation twenty two twelve, and we pull that concept from passages like this. Behold, I am coming soon. And I'm bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. And so this is, again, the the return of Christ in, in the Revelation 19 type of Jesus returning. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the judge coming back. We want to make sure that we're ready for his return as the church first to come and get us before he comes back as the judge to bring his recompense with him. Because that's not going to be a, a good time. Uh, for anyone that's still here on earth. And so uh, this is the the message, the revelation. This is why the book is called the revelation, because it's the revelation of Jesus. And Jesus is the one that's signing off here at the end of the book. And this is where he gives the statement in verse 18. I warn everyone who hears the words, if anyone adds to them, God will add to them the plagues described in this book. If anyone takes away from the words of the book, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. That's interesting. What do we do with that when there are plenty of people that have claim to add words to scripture and I, I don't think we've seen the plagues befall them and there are others plenty of them who have removed words from scripture now can we make a more legitimate argument that that they've been removed from the lamb's book of life yeah i think we can be more uh, confident in that but is this just you think this is eternal in in scope here that the the plagues are the are pointing forward to the eternal suffering that they're going to undergo in in hell as a result of adding to god's word or is this more metaphorical what do we do with this well i I can i can assure you that i don't think it's a metaphor i think it's something true and real and i would venture to guess that you would say the same it's got to be a a, a literal a a literal threat because it has teeth to it I, i i suggest i think it's possible that god could based on this verse here of people who add or take away from scripture that he could do this and in real life right now and he doesn't need to wait until eternity. Right. But I think by and large, uh, the nature of God's mercy is such that he typically is far more patient than we deserve. Mm. And in a surprising way where God doesn't give us what we deserve when we deserve it. He delays and he allows for time for repentance. He allows for changes of heart and mind. And, and you know, in the mind of God, I think he knows exactly when and where he's going to dish these out and who's going to get it and who's not. But if, from our perspective, God is patient and he allows us to he allows us to correct course. But at the end of the day, if we choose not to, after removing or adding to, I think God will eventually deal with them according to what's written here and, and probably far worse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, would you like to add anything to that? I don't think so. I think that's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So the the takeaway from Revelation 22 is that the future that awaits us is that it's imminent. It's here. It's, it's a right around the corner. Um, and we don't know when Christ is coming back, so we need to be ready. We need to be ready for him to return for his bride. And so uh, what a, a good thought to take away from the end of the year as we anticipate a new year is we want to live ready. And you don't have to wait till tomorrow. This doesn't have to be a new year's resolution to start living ready. Let's spend the rest of today making sure that we are ready for Christ's return because he could come back before 2024 even hits our, our calendar. That's true. Um, if he doesn't, then we'll be back with you tomorrow for a brand new season. Brand new year. Of the Daily Bible Podcast. Thanks for joining us, guys. Bye. 
Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Thank you.